Welcome to the Connector Podcast, an ongoing conversation connecting fintechs, banks, and regulators worldwide. Join CEO and founder Cohen van der Hoydonk as you learn more about the latest available trends and solutions in the markets. And here we are again for another podcast. And today I'm with Alexei from Clearpick. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and also the company that you work for? Sure. Hi, hi. A real pleasure to be here today. Uh, I come from the uh, risk intelligence, risk advisory background. Been doing this for like 15 years now. Time flies. Doesn't when you're like having that. fun. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, some stress, but it's like oh, everything in life is probably a mixture of that. <laughs> Absolutely. So we've been doing uh, risk advisory for a long time. Started our own company in uh, 2016. And then uh, a few years later, we actually realized that there is so much data, even in those places that people believe are low transparent, and mm-hmm. they are, but still the data exists. So we started acquiring this data from various sources, everything's public domain, uh, and uh, sort of playing with that, seeing how we can make it better, more navigable, more friendly. And uh, several years later, here we are, Clipic. And uh, Alexei, you, you mean uh, data? Which data are we talking about? Sure. It's uh, basically all types of corporate information, business-related information, like um, uh, excerpts from corporate records, like all this usual stuff, uh, the name of the company, business activity, the date of registration, capital. Well, sounds probably boring, not as much when you see the full picture. Also, ownership, directorship, um, various business activities, watch lists, state procurement, litigation. So basically everything that describes um, daily operations of business from all possible angles. Mm-hmm. And, and where are you based, Alexei? Uh, we are, the company is based in Riga. We also have uh, representation in uh, London, in the UK. Mm-hmm. And the development team is well all over the place, like often happens these days. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, when we met the first time, which was basically in Riga, you, you told me that you have a strong focus on, on Central Asia and the Caspian region. Why, why is that? For many reasons, really. Uh, in our advisory days, which I mean, we're still doing a lot of advisory, we uh, have done lots of work in this region and we realized both the challenges and the opportunities in the region. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in some places, uh, like Turkmenistan, like Tajikistan, like uh, Uzbekistan until recently, it was really, really difficult to get uh, information, to get reliable information, up-to-date information, and even more difficult to make any conclusions based on that uh, mm-hmm. for, for various challenges. So we, for us, it was difficult, I mean, doing proper work in those regions. And we realized that we are not alone in this journey. So we started doing this because we fundamentally we know all the difficulties on the local landscape we um, know them by my heart. It's also a very important region and increasingly important in its own right, like 18 million people, growing economies in uh, recent years, decent recovery after the COVID pandemic and uh, all the lockdowns, all the restrictions. There have been also various legacy issues. I mean, it, it, it plays differently in different places, Like, but those included child labor, forced labor, so quite serious stuff, really. 
And also, obviously, these days, the region is even more topical with all the geopolitics in place, the China influence, mm-hmm. uh, interests of the European Union, the US, uh, Russia. Uh, so, yes, it's, it's, it's an interesting journey, uh, particularly these days. Mm-hmm. And you talked about challenges that you have encountered. So what were like typical challenges that you would have in that region that you may not have in the rest of the world? Well, first, uh, I'd, like UBO, which is a professional term, uh, me- meaning uh, ultimate beneficial ownership or owner, depending on the context, finding out that is already a uh, massive challenge. In some places, the corporate records, this is like really mm-hmm. the first place you go to to start building a company profile uh, is not easily accessible. And also, you need to understand the context. Like in, in, uh, in the West, for example, ownership does mean owner, ownership because, because uh, those rights are respected, they are protected, and uh, people place uh, serious emphasis on that. Not as much in uh, that part of the world. Sometimes if you control cash flow as opposed to shares, because mm-hmm. shares don't mean much, this is where the real control lies. And also, corporate structures are not always uh, formalized. Like you have 20 companies ostensibly connected to each other, but in reality, they basically represent the same operation. So it is both context, like knowing the mm-hmm, soft mm-hmm. Uh, differences, and also having access to quality data. Mm-hmm. No, in- interesting. So um, you showed me um, how you actually work on a very interactive floor, like UBO mapping. So how how can you marry then the difficulty with the map and can you also explain what your affiliation mapping does? Sure, sure. So uh, basically there's two challenges here. First, to get this information. And second, to make sure that the connections and affiliations are visible. Because in that part of the world, you have all these uh, language uh, complications, challenges. Like in some countries, they used Roman script. Now they mm-hmm. are trans- well making the transition to uh, sorry. They used Cyrillic script. Now they're making this transition to Roman script. Also, there are in both there are two vari- variations like standard, say uh, like Russified or, or like English, and also with local variations mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. have the letters that slightly there that are slightly different, like using umlauts and so on. So, and for standard search engines, obviously, those would be different names. Yeah. And this results in having probably, and this is not a, an exaggeration, we have seen such examples. Like it's the same person may have several dozens of variations of their name. Oh, so really? So if you basically just look at that and you try to conduct searches manually, you will, there is only one thing you are sure of. You will miss something. So the challenge is to make sure those uh, variations are properly recognized, mm-hmm. they are deduplicated, and uh, when someone or something is connected to more than one entities, you have to make sure that all these connections are visible on the platform. Yeah. So, no, that, that sounds like very complex uh, stuff. What's the answer? Is that expertise or is it technology or maybe a combination of both? It is both, really. Expertise is not always easy to digitalize. So sometimes mm-hmm. the product comes with your sort of human interaction, as always. Uh, 
but uh, we're particularly happy with the technology we have. Well, mm-hmm. Like the first pillar is the uh, graph databases, and we partner with Neo4j, one of the uh, industry leaders in this field. We're really proud of that. We are part of their startup program, mm-hmm. and it helps a lot. Like the technology is something we. This technology is something we can build upon our uh, own product, and we do that. It's 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 a it's been a real pleasure to work on that, to be able to work with them. Yeah. And then the second partner, the second pillar we have mm-hmm. is Rosetta Text Analytics, and they are now part of Bible Street. Uh, we use their solutions for entity uh, resolution and records matching, and. Uh, they have this deep learning technology. Um, they, this technology enables us to well identify similar names of individuals. Basically, what I just uh, told you. Yeah. Obviously, these languages that we deal with in Central Asia and the Caspian region are so-called rare languages. There are not a massive body of text in those languages available for analysis. So, for that reason, we also have to uh, work with this technology, adapting it to our own needs. So mm-hmm. it's not just basically buying package solutions and integrating those in our own platform. It is uh, taking all the advantages of these brilliant products, but also a lot of work to make them applicable uh, to the challenges that we face. Yeah, so there is a lot of tweaking uh, involved. And, and, Indeed. And probably machine learning. We're almost at the end of this uh, podcast. And uh, what I'm very interested about, Alexei, is that you, gave, you pictured a very nice uh, product. Um, but what's in, in shop for the future? Are there any things that we can expect to come? Absolutely. Uh, so we basically have uh, two directions. First is making more products with the information in the countries we cover already. So basically new applications, maybe developing a new product for state procurement, not just from the risk point of view, but also from the point of view of business development mm-hmm. uh, for um, well, various teams that can build presence on the local markets through state procurement. It's a, basically the same data, but uh, delivered in a different way. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of commercial application in that. But also we have other markets, uh, other regions that we would love to tap into uh, for many reasons. Like Central Asia, for example, is now a vital part of so-called uh, Trans-Caspian uh, Transit Road. And uh, it's a challenging task. But on the other hand, the EU have committed to uh, invest in that. Uh, China been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And if we mm-hmm. just go along this t- transit road, we have like another 10 jurisdictions to look at from um, other Caspian region countries like uh, Georgia, like Armenia, to even some of parts of the uh, European Union, like Bulgaria and Romania, and also Turkey. Like if you take Turkey out of the map, there is no way you can deliver goods from China to Europe uh, by land. So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, 24 promises to be an exciting uh, year for us, and we're looking forward to, to what we can do in the next uh, 10 months. Nice, nice. And I wish you, obviously, all the best. Um, where can people contact you if they've got questions or they want to work with you guys? Uh, how do they contact you? Well, uh, all the contacts are online. I'm happy to talk to people on LinkedIn or using the, uh, the, the the website. Also, if anyone uh, happens to be in Riga, always a pleasure to grab a coffee and, and discuss business. And it's a beautiful city, I can say that. Hey, thank you. Alexei, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you also to the audience, and please stay tuned. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Connector Podcast. To connect and keep up to date with all the latest, head over to www.jointheconnector.com or hit subscribe via your podcast streaming platform.